He was literally guilty of nothing. But yet, he was put on trial and he was convicted and sentenced to death. Welcome to In Grace with Jim Scudder, Jr. He is the senior pastor of Quentin Road Baptist Church in Lake Zurich, Illinois, as well as the author of Why Life Hurts and co-author of Evangelism Made Simple. Hi, this is Jim Scudder. Welcome back to In Grace Today. Uh, we continue in our series, The Story of Jesus, which is a verse-by-verse -verse chronological look through the life of Christ. We're going through all four Gospels, and we're trying to line up the different Gospel accounts uh, chronologically. We're coming to the final day, the final hours, really, of Jesus' life before his crucifixion. And sadly, today, we're going to continue to talk about the shameful conviction where where Pontius Pilate had the authority to release him. There was, there was no evidence that Jesus had done anything wrong. As a matter of fact, today you're going to hear that they brought him to the Hall of Judgment, and, and Pilate says, okay, what's the accusation? And they said, well, we wouldn't have brought him to you if he hadn't done something wrong. Well, that's not an accusation. Uh, and then they said, it's not lawful for us to put him to death. Well, they, they really didn't care about the law. They just cared about getting rid of Jesus. And so then we have this whole episode of Jesus basically being put to death by crucifixion, which is not a way of death that the Jews would have done. So even though they could have judged him probably and stoned him as the way they would have done it, that's not the way it was predicted. Jesus would die by crucifixion. And I'm going to give you a lot of scriptures, both Old and New Testament that tell us that that was the way that he would die. And then one of the verses, you know, when Jesus said that he would be lifted up like Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. And then in John 12, he said, if I be lifted up. So it's this idea of being lifted up. And then he says, I will draw all men unto me. And, you know, isn't it wonderful that that Jesus loves everybody, that God is a God of love and a God of mercy and a God of grace. Now, at a certain point, that the time runs out for people. But today the door's open. The day of salvation is open and and you can be saved by God's grace and God's love. And he wants to save all people. That's why he came to die for our sins. So we're going to get into this today and tomorrow. And I hope that it is something that will impact your life to uh, maybe further your or deepen your love for him or perhaps uh, introduce you to his love. And that's what we do here at In Grace. Right before we go into today's message, uh, you have been hearing about our brand new resource. It's called The Quest to Rebuild the Jewish Temple. It's a three-part video series, and it's our thank you for your gift of any amount to In Grace. When you give a gift to In Grace, more people hear the gospel, and you're going to get to find out all the details about the most current stuff happening in Israel regarding rebuilding the temple. We were there. We were able to interview people that brought the red heifers over to Israel recently, and we talked to rabbis. We talked to uh, all sorts of people that were involved in this great effort. And so we explain it prophetically on this video series. We have a lot of computer animation of the different temples and the future temples. And so I think this will be a really great resource for you. You can contact us by calling us, writing us, or going to our website and make a gift of any amount. And we'll send you the Quest to Rebuild the Jewish Temple three-part video series. If your gift is $35 or more, we're also going to send you our popular prophecy series called Armageddon's Dawn. It's an eight-part video series 
and the Armageddon's Dawn Prophecy Chart. Don't forget, In Grace also invites you to our Alaska cruise, and we're also going to Israel next year. So if you're interested in traveling to one of these amazing places, go to our website, ingraceradio.com. There was once a man who was on trial for murder. And if he was convicted, he knew he would get the death penalty. He was able to convince his brother to help him out and try to select one of the jury members to bribe. His brother noticed that one of the jury members didn't seem as bright as the rest, so he went to that jury member and said, if you can convince the rest of the jury to drop it from murder to manslaughter, I will give you $10,000. Well, the jury went out, and it was out for a long time. But after a week, the jury came back in, and sure enough, they voted for manslaughter. The brother of the criminal went to the juror later, and said, here is the $10,000. We appreciate what you've done. And the juror said, well, thank you very much. Uh, the reason it took so long was the rest of the jury wanted to acquit him. <laughs> but I had to convince him to charge him for manslaughter. Now, there's humor in that story, obviously. But there are trials that are shameful, and there are convictions that are shameful. Never in the history of the world has there been a more shameful trial and conviction than the one put upon the Son of God, Jesus Christ. The most innocent man ever to live. There are people more or less Less guilty than others, but all are guilty of something, right? Every person is guilty of something, except for Jesus. He was literally guilty of nothing. But yet, he was put on trial, a series of trials, three with Jewish leaders, three with Roman leaders, and he was convicted and sentenced to death. He had been arrested the night before. He had been to the former high priest, Annas, the one that still held the power. He had been to Caiaphas, who was the current high priest, the son-in-law of Annas. And he had been to the Sanhedrin, as part of the Caiaphas you know, scene, and they had convicted him. But they could not execute him. So they had to bring him to the Roman authorities, and that's what they did. The next day, early, 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 because that's when the courts would begin. They would begin at sunrise and go till noon, the Roman courts. And so Jesus was brought by the Sanhedrin, by Caiaphas, by these, these wicked men, brought to Pontius Pilate. Now remember, Pontius Pilate was someone that not that long ago, a lot of scholars thought wasn't a real individual because you could only find him in the Bible. But then, sure enough, archaeologists uncovered in Caesarea 
Maritima, the Caesarea on the sea, a plaque that was inscribed Pontius Pilate. And it is in the Israel Museum today. I love going and seeing those actual artifacts because it proves man wrong and God right once again. And so Jesus was now appearing before Caiaphas in John 18, verse 28. We read, then led they Jesus from Caiaphas unto the hall of judgment. And it was early. And they themselves went not into the judgment hall, lest they should be defiled, but that they might eat the Passover. Can you just sense the irony of this situation? They're pushing for the death of the Messiah that had been promised and predicted by their prophets. By the way, they had also killed their prophets too. And they're still worried about some superficial defilement. They're still worried about eating the Passover, but they're putting to death the Son of God. From this, it says that they wanted to be able to eat the Passover. And some other places in the Bible, I get that the, the last supper that they had had the night before wasn't the Passover Seder. A lot of people say the Last Supper was a Passover Seder. I don't agree with that. And from the other Gospels, it seems to imply it was. But I believe it was a pre-Passover meal. And they had already gotten the house cleaned of the leaven and, and set everything up for the Passover meal, which would be tonight, this night, where Jesus was. But again, I'm not going to argue with people over that. It's not the biggest deal in the world. But if Passover was still to come this night, the Passover meal, that would also mean that as every family in Israel was killing their Passover lamb, Jesus was at that same moment dying on the cross. What a picture that is. Either way, he died right around the time of the Passover sacrifice, but I believe as they were killing their sacrifice, Jesus, the Passover sacrifice, was dying or almost dead on the cross. So where did this happen? Where did Jesus stand before Pontius Pilate? I've got a map for those of you listening on the radio. I apologize. I'll try to describe it best I can. But here's a map showing where Caiaphas' house would have been. And that's a, a place just outside the Zion Gate area. Now, again, we don't know exactly where that was, but there's a place there that by tradition is where the upper room was. Of course, he was arrested down in the Mount of Olives and then brought back uh, to Caiaphas' house for, for that first phase of the trial, probably kept in a dungeon there. And then early in the morning, brought over to the, uh, the, the, the judgment hall or the praetorium of Pontius Pilate. So that would have been on the west side of the city. This is the Jaffa Gate on the west side of the city. And every gate that has a name of a city, if there's a road that would take you, uh, in the case of Jaffa, west to Jaffa. And that's why this is called uh, Damascus Gate. It would take you north to Damascus. And um, so anyways, this is the location that we believe 
is the Praetorium. Now here's another view of Jerusalem. This is an aerial drone view that I froze. And of course, it's so easy to recognize the Dome of the Rock, the Temple Mount, the temple would have stood right here. Here's the Eastern Gate, the Golden Gate, uh, the Mount of Olives and uh, the Garden of Gethsemane just to the east of that. And then you can see the old city wall. This is the old city wall from the, the Ottomans, the Turks. And you can see as it goes around the old city of Jerusalem. This, by the way, is where Jerusalem started. That's called the city of David. So all of this would have taken place just up here near Joppa Gate. If you want to go from, from the Joppa Gate, just go south a little bit. It's, you can walk on a sidewalk and you're going to get to this area down the wall a little bit, right about there, right, right before the wall turns and heads to the east, a place where, here's another picture. Uh, this is, again, the old city wall. The Turks built that. There's, there's older stones down here, so they would often use uh, stones that were already in place, or they would just take those and pick them up and build them there. Down here, that's bedrock. And in the bedrock are carved steps, right in the bedrock. So of course, we know that's original. And some archaeologists, our friend Dr. Stripling believes that this, this is the area that I was showing you in a wide shot. Now it's a zoomed in shot. Uh, this is the old city wall up here. Of course, that wouldn't have been there, but he believes this is the steps that Pontius Pilate would have stood on and Jesus would have stood out here at the bottom and been on trial. So that, that's one view. And I, I, I lean toward that being the actual place. Most people would just walk right by this and not know what it, what it is. But because we've been to Israel, we, this was on our In Grace episode called Jesus Last Day Part 2. So if you want to see what I'm talking about, it's all there in Jesus Last Day Part 2. But these are locations. We know if it's not here, it's very close to here, but I believe it's this exact spot. That's the beauty of Israel. The whole country is smaller than New Jersey. But so much happened in each of these places. That's why it is, it is so wonderful to be able to travel to Israel. And by the way, we are going in late February. We have a lot of interest in this trip, a lot of people signing up. It'll probably be one of the biggest we've done because there's no uh, vaccine requirements anymore, no, no testing. So anyways, uh, going to Israel is just a marvelous, marvelous thing to do. You're listening to In Grace with Jim Scudder, Jr., are you interested in the end times prophecy of the rebuilding of the Jewish temple? Then you need to watch In Grace's new video series, The Quest to Rebuild the Jewish Temple. Jim Scudder Jr. will take you to amazing sites like the Temple Mount, the Dome of the Rock, and the land on the Mount of Olives purchased for the sacrifice of the red heifer. Jim Scudder has exclusive interviews with experts and people involved in rebuilding the temple. This new series will be yours as a thank you for a gift of any amount to In Grace. Don't miss this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to witness prophecy being fulfilled before our very eyes and see how all of this impacts our world today. When your gift is $35 or more, Jim Scudder will also send you an incredible eight-part video series called Armageddon's Dawn and a beautiful End Times Prophecy Chart. Don't wait. Get this video series today to order the quest to rebuild the Jewish temple. Call now, 800-78-GRACE, or order on our secure website, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. So let's see what happened when they arrived. Let's look at John 18, verse 29. Pilate then went out unto them and said, What accusation bring ye against this man? What's the charge? 
They answered, the Jewish religious leaders, the Pharisees, the Jewish council, the Sanhedrin, and uh, of course, Caiaphas, the high priest. They answered and said unto him, if he were not a malefactor, we would not have delivered him up unto you. So, you know, Pilate, he's a bad guy. He's a bad dude. That's not what Pilate asked. Pilate said, what are your charges? So they're, not, they're, they're, they're going in circles, right? Because they have to make the right charge for Pilate to do something with this. Rome was built on law. The society was very strict following the law that had been written. And so Pilate had to follow the law, as the Jewish people should have been following the law, and they've already done a lot of things in this sham trial that was breaking the law. If he was not a malefactor, we would not have delivered him up unto thee. Verse 31 of John 18. Then said Pilate unto them, Take ye him and judge him according to your law. <laughs> um, obviously, they didn't want that because they brought him to Pilate, they wanted him dead today. They could not do that. So Pilate's, what you're going to see in this whole series of events in all these different gospels, the trial of Jesus, you're going to see Pontius Pilate trying to pass the buck. He's trying to find loopholes. He's trying to not have to be the guy making this decision. And he tries everything. It, it becomes almost comical. So he says, you take him, you judge him. Of course, they didn't want that because they brought him to them, to him. So the Jews say, uh, continuing in verse 31 of John 18, the Jews therefore said unto him, it is not lawful for us to put any man to death. Oh, but now they're worried about following the law, which is ironic. Verse 32, that the saying of Jesus might be fulfilled, which he spake, signifying what death he should die. Now, what does that mean? That means the Jews did not execute by crucifixion. They didn't do that. That wasn't their, their way. But Jesus had predicted himself, and the prophets had predicted that he would die by crucifixion. So the very fact that the Jews are bringing Jesus to Pilate, they are fulfilling Jesus and the prophets' prophecies which is so amazing to me. If they would have just stoned him, he would have died and he would have died against his own prophecy and died against the prophecies of the prophets. Therefore, he would not be the Messiah. The very thing that they didn't believe, they didn't want, they could have just ended it right there. But he is the Messiah. He is who he said he is and all of this is gonna happen as he said. So by, just by bringing him to Pilate, opens the door to crucifixion because only Rome would do that. Now, what does it mean? What does John mean when he says that, uh, that the saying of Jesus might be fulfilled, which he spake, signifying the death he should die? Well, think back to John chapter three, verse 14. Jesus said, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, you remember that story in the Old Testament where Israel was complaining about Moses God said fiery serpents. People were bit. People were dying. Moses uh, asked God what to do. And God said, build a, a serpent out of bronze. Put it on a pole. Lift it up. And whoever looks upon that will live. And so that's the story. Those that believed lived. 
And Jesus said, just like Moses lifted up the serpent, so will the Son of Man be lifted up. Okay? Now, he said it two other times. I'll give you another example. In John 12, 32, he said, and if I be lifted up from the earth, by the way, when you execute someone by crucifixion, you're lifting them up, right? If you're executing someone by stoning, you're not lifting them up. So he's predicting the way he would die. He would die being lifted up. He would be a spectacle. He would be in the air and, and for all to see because he's dying for all people. And it's actually what he says in John 12, 32. If I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. This really destroys Calvinism, people that say certain people are born to go to heaven and certain people are born to go to hell. That is a lie. God wants all people to be saved, but he doesn't force himself on you. He says, whosoever will be saved. You have to make the decision. He gave you, he sovereignly gave you the free will to choose whether to accept or reject him. This doctrine of Calvinism, what it does is it cools down evangelism because if it's already pre-selected, first of all, what kind of God would that be that he, you know, he, he says he wants to save the world, God so loved the world, and all of these verses, whosoever will, but then he, but the, he doesn't mean that. He'd be a liar, right? So Jesus said, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto me. Uh, and, and the next verse says, that's signifying the death that he should die. In other words, he would die by, by hanging on a, uh, in the air. Now, we also know in Deuteronomy 21, 23, his body shall not remain all night upon the tree. So if someone is hanged in, in Israel, the body has to come down before nightfall. That's why they were in such a rush to get Jesus down before nightfall, because there's, that was part of their, their law. Now, they, they wouldn't crucify, but they would maybe hang or somebody would hang themselves. Get that body off the tree, or off, yeah, off the tree, and then it says, but thou shalt in any wise bury him that day, for he that is hanged is accursed of God. In other scriptures in the New Testament, it calls Jesus accursed because he hung on a tree, okay? So it all ties back together the prediction that he would hang, that he would be lifted up, Psalm twenty-two sixteen. for dogs have compassed me, the assembly of the wicked have enclosed me, they what? Pierced my hands and my feet. What happens in crucifixion? They nail you to the wood of the cross, your hands and your feet. Zechariah 12.10 predicts that the Jews one day would uh, look upon the Messiah and realize that they had killed the Messiah and they would, as a nation, believe in him. That's in the future, I think, during the tribulation period. But it says, they shall look upon me whom they have, what? Pierced. So we have all of these different prophecies, Jesus and the prophets saying that he would be lifted up, that he would hang on a tree, that he would be pierced, his hands and his feet, and his side. We know his side was pierced by the, the soldier. Not a bone was broken, by the way. At the end of crucifixion, they would break the legs so that the, the person would die quicker. And Jesus, had, it had been predicted the Messiah would not have a bone broken. He was very beat up. His bones were probably out of joint, but not one was broken. And therefore, fulfilled that prophecy. But he was thrust with a spear, at the end, uh, when water and blood uh, poured out and he was dead at that time. So all of these things were fulfilled because they brought Jesus to Pilate. And we'll 
we'll pick that up right there tomorrow. It's amazing how prophecy was fulfilled. Even when people hated Jesus and they, they did not want to fulfill prophecy through their actions, they did anyway. And that's God at work. Hey, don't forget, we're excited to have the 70th Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, coming to our church in a couple weeks on March 12th. You can come hear him for free. And there's also a VIP event for breakfast with him. If you would like to get more information, go to ingraceradio.com. And then as I mentioned at the beginning of the program, we've got a brand new three-part video series. I'm so excited about the quest to rebuild the Jewish temple. We were there when the red heifers were being brought to Israel. We interviewed the rabbis. We talked to a lot of people about rebuilding the temple. It's the latest information, and this is a great video series that you really need. So contact us today for your gift of any amount. We're going to send that to you as a thank you. And then if your gift is $35 or more, let me also send you the video series Armageddon's Dawn. As a thank you for your gift of any amount, Jim Scudder will send you the quest to rebuild the Jewish temple when your gift is $35 or more. He will also send you his eight-part video series, Armageddon's Dawn, and a beautiful end times prophecy chart. Order the quest to rebuild the Jewish temple by calling 800-78-GRACE. Go to our secure website, ingraceradio.com, or write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Thank you for joining us on In Grace Radio with Jim Scudder Jr. In Grace is a member of the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability. Our goal is to share the light of Jesus to a darkening world, helping you find hope, gain purpose, and be a light. You can be that light today by joining our mission to spread the gospel around the world. Just call us, 800-78-GRACE, or go online, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Tune in tomorrow as we continue to explore God's Word and His world on InGrace Radio.